those who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And so in the same way, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is a God not of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all of them are alive. That is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So I'm a big believer of symmetry in life. So six years ago tomorrow, Pastor Sherry was on her first maternity leave, and we were on 25 Pentecost uh, in our lectionary cycle. And we had this kind of a strange reading that I just read where you've got this unique thing about these seven brothers marrying this one woman. And maybe you've noticed over the years that when we encounter kind of a tough-to-explain text, we just kind of punt and decide, what a great opportunity for a vignette. Because <laughs> it's usually much easier to characterize it than it actually is to talk about it. Uh, but in this case, it required me to talk somebody into being part of the vignette. So I approached the other Reverend Horner Eibler, and she said yes six years ago, and we did it. So now, six years later, Sherry once again is on maternity leave. We hit Pentecost 25, and I'm thinking, well, we could maybe just update that one a little bit and add a few little contemporary things. Now all i got to do is talk the other Reverend Horner Eibler into doing it. And there she sits in the front pew, and I think I must have succeeded, because we've already done it twice this and weekend, this and it. now we're just going to do it one more time. And this is it. She's this never it. doing it again. Barb, she's not real fond of making public appearances. Um, so here we go. We're going to share a little vignette based on that particular story. Um, just kind of go along for the ride. It's set in the first century A.D. It's also sent, set in the 21st century A.D. Just kind of ride the time wave back and forth. It'll, it'll work if you just kind of go with it. And I think that's all you need to know about this little skit that we'll call The Eighth Brother. I've never been in therapy before. I guess this is what a therapist's office looks like. I hope she's not here. I'm scared just thinking about it. Hello there. Whoa! Don't scare me like that! Are you her? I don't know. I'm Dr. Golda. Who exactly were you expecting? I was expecting... Her, the wife, the little angel, the angel of death, actually. Are you sure you're not her? 
I am quite sure I'm not her, but tell me more. I don't want to be the eighth. I mean, I am the eighth, the eighth brother. I just don't want to be the eighth victim. Are you sure you're not her? Really, I'm quite sure. I'm just checking because let's, I don't let's want to be the victim here. All right. The victim. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I haven't been one yet. I just don't want to be the eighth victim because all my other brothers, they had a bad experience with her. And all my narcissistic patients think they're victims. <laughs> No, no, I didn't say that I am a victim, that I just don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be number eight, a goner. Hmm. Don't quite follow that displaced anxiety. Listen, lady, my anxiety ain't displaced. It's not... Dr. Golda, please. Dr. Golda, my anxiety. It ain't misplaced, displaced, replaced, anything placed. It's got everything to do with what happened to my seven brothers. Oh, my seven brothers, Moshe and Ben, uh, Yitzhak and Ehud, Chaim and Saul, and oh, and Alejandro. Oh. Alejandro, that doesn't sound Jewish. My mom, she was a big Lady Gaga fan. She would so have enjoyed the 2017 Super Bowl halftime show. Alejandro was one of her, one of her biggest songs. Anyhow, my seven brothers, they all married the same woman. Seven brothers married the same woman. Wow, I've been in this business a long time. I thought I had heard it all, but that's a new one. Well, it's not what you think. I mean, our people, all the way back from the time of Moses, if, if a man marries a woman and dies without having a son, it's a great disgrace. His name is cut off. And so if he had any brothers, then his brothers were obligated to, to marry the woman. And then if one of them had a son with this woman, then it was, was to the original brother's name. It wasn't cut off. He wasn't a big disgrace. <sighs> so you have seven brothers. Had. The operative word here is had seven brothers. They're all dead. As soon as they met Little, little Miss Sunshine, boom, they were gone. <sighs> Starting with my oldest brother. Moshe. No, Alejandro. I mean, she had the thing for Lady Gaga early on, then she got over it. Anyhow, Alejandro was this enormous romantic. He falls in love with this woman. They do everything right. They plan the service. They plan the reception. They, they even go to premarital counseling with the rabbi. And, and then that's where it happened. Like, he objected to the vows. Oh, he has commitment issues. Oh, big time. I run into that a lot in my business. Well, but it's not what you think. I, I, he had overcommitment issues. Because the rabbi says the last line of the vows are, till death do you part. And he says, oh, no, 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 no. Our love is forever. Nothing will ever part us. Oh, how sweet. Sweet. Maybe that's how she did it. Some sort of sweetened potion. I don't know. All I know is that one day we're dancing at Alejandro's big Jewish wedding, and then the next day, boom, he's gone. He didn't have time to have kids. He didn't have time to order takeout. I'm so sorry to hear that. Tell me more. Well, then, then, then Moshe, my, my, the next brother, he decides he has to do something to keep the good Jewish name of Alejandro alive, so he marries her. Before we can say Bar Mitzvah, he's gone, and then it just keeps happening one after another after another. Ben and Ehud and Yitzhak oh, and Chaim and 
Saul. Oh, Saul. Saul was the worst, because Saul's the last. He was the seventh brother. He'd seen what happened to the first six brothers, but he feels obligated to marry her. The rabbi, he changes the vows proactively. It's no longer till death do you part. It's till next weekend. <laughs> I mean, you know, Alejandro's whole dream was that he'd be with this woman forever. Saul's nightmare was that he'd not be able to get away from her at some point. Ugh. And so you're afraid you're next. Ah! She doesn't even know I exist. I must admit, I've kind of been like the prodigal son in my family. But wait, the prodigal son is in Luke chapter 15. We're in Luke chapter 20. Don't go theological on me. Besides, I said, I'm not the prodigal son. I'm like a prodigal son. See, I've always been in an occupation that my family found a little questionable, so they haven't been totally supportive of me as an adult human being. Uh, but then my brothers like started tipping over like dominoes, and at that point, my mom finally writes me, and she says, it's great you are with you are. Carry on with your life. Live long, live well, bring me grandchildren someday. So what is it you were doing? Our people, you know, when we came into the promised land, it was flowing with milk, milk and, honey. and honey. And you know, honey, when you dribble it over some ham and bake it, <gasps> Yeah, I, I run the Honey Baked Ham franchise in the Roman garrison city of, no. of, of Caesarea. But honey isn't kosher. I know it's not kosher. That's like the whole problem. But like it's actually kept me alive. And now it's kind of like being in the witness protection program. I'm just staying there. So tell me exactly how your brothers died. I mean, no husband's perfect. Yeah, don't I know that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I considered all the possibilities of what might have done them in. She made the same dinner every day. Yeah, right, and they died of boredom. Ha, 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 that wasn't it. She was too hot? I think she was too young to be going through menopause. Huh, it wasn't exactly what I meant, but what's this menopause thing that you're talking about? You don't know yet? We'll just keep that under wraps for a couple of more centuries. It's not important. This is exactly what was going on. And? I'm pretty sure the Sadducees just made it up as kind of a plot device. So who are the Sadducees? The Sadducees are the guys who run Jerusalem back in the day. They didn't believe in the resurrection. You died, it was over with. Uh, and, and then they make up this ridiculous scenario to try and entrap Jesus. But it was just a plot device for them, which is a little problem for this vignette, because if it's just a plot device, it kind of falls apart. So we have to actually believe for a little while that there were seven brothers and one woman married to all of them. It doesn't really matter, though, because Jesus would have said the same thing to them, no matter what. And that would be? That would be lots of things, but I think pretty much it would be, if you're a modern-day Sadducee, in other words, you think, like, you live your life and then, boom, you're dead and it's all over, then, like, the things that are kind of most important that Jesus talks about are a little hard to talk about. I mean, love, sacrifice, redemption, eternity, those are tough subjects suddenly. Can you really talk about them? I don't know. If you were going to talk about them, I guess I'd, I'd just start with kind of like your core relationships, like family and friends and love, which is kind of illogical when you think about it. I mean, to give your heart away to somebody else, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't? 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't give, make any sense at all to give your heart away to somebody else. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, though. God does it all the time. I mean, that's who God is. God gives away love. It's kind of the same thing with eternity. We never find God. God finds us. It's a quest that goes on and on. God never gives up. All of that stuff, let's face it, is totally irrational. So there's no time limit on God's love. Like, God's no limits anyway. I mean, that was the problem with the Pharisees in this life. They wanted to limit God's love. Like, you can't love the lepers, you can't love the tax collectors. And then the Sadducees come along and say, you've got to limit it for eternity, because it's like only here and now, it's not at some other point. God doesn't like limits on something so important. Kind of like marriage. Well, technically, I think Jesus would disagree with that because I think what he was saying was that marriage is a human institution and in eternity, it probably doesn't matter that much. So if I was married to somebody that I really loved, I wouldn't be connected to them forever? Well, in your case, maybe God would make an exception. But uh, I think all Jesus was saying is that when it comes to the perfection of love, us trying to figure it out doesn't matter anyway. Okay, so back to my question about your brothers. What happened to your brothers? I have no idea what happened to my brothers. That's part of the problem. The story doesn't say. All I know is that wherever my sister, 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 sister sister-in-law is, I don't want to be. Well, I can't say I blame you for that. Good, thank you. you have anything else you want to add? Yes! I want to add that, number one, back in the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, what gave with them? I mean, they, they had these disagreements with Jesus, and instead of just, like, talking to him about it, they come up with all these plots and try and trick him and disrespect him in the process. Just talk to each other when you don't get along. And the second thing, he's like the first guy who comes along in history and says, a relationship isn't evaluated on how many kids you have, whether you have kids, what gender they are. Kids aren't an evaluation tool for love. And a third thing that I want to talk about. Hey, 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 you don't know how to keep it short? You said you only had two things. I did, but I thought of a third thing while I was talking, Dr. Golda. Say, can I just call you Golda? Uh, well, actually, Golda's my last name. Barbara's the first name. But uh, we're running a little short on time here. Um, Barbara, huh? That's a nice name. Um, well, the third thing I thought of was when you get done seeing all of your other clients, I don't know, you want to grab a bite to eat or something like that? Well, I'm sorry. I'm happily married. He has his issues. Mm. He speaks always with his hands and lots of animation. Mm. He's got a big nose. He's got this habit of putting his thumb under his his, uh, index finger under his chin when he talks. But, you know, he's a keeper. Well, he's a lucky guy. But as for you, eighth brother... Yeah? You're a goner. No! You must have seen her. Where is she? Keep her away from me! No! Oh, wait, wait, wait. False alarm. I read the script wrong. You're not a goner. You're just done. done.